You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft, and this is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. I have a special guest, Morgan Flom from Pivot Analysis. Morgan, how is everything going your way? Well, it's 50 degrees and sunny, so I can't complain too much. Yeah, 50 degrees, doesn't. it's not too bad. I mean, considering that, you know, we're both in Barcelona, and I'm looking out the window, and I see the sun is out, and, and uh the beach isn't too far. All right. Before I get started, I wanted to let everyone know that this episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for those subscriptions you do not want or need. And you can even negotiate better deals on those that you want to keep. So Truebill is something that I would advise everybody to get. I know it saved me some money. So we're all about saving money. All right, so let's get into this episode. I, I met Morgan a few weeks ago here in Barcelona. He reached out to me when I, on, on Twitter when I first mentioned that I was moving to the area and uh, met up at his job. He has a very interesting platform called Pivot Analysis. And so there's no better person to talk about Pivot Analysis. I can try to explain it as best as I can. But tell me, how did you get started and then what exactly is Pivot Analysis? Yeah, so the, the company started a few years ago now. So I was in Barcelona doing my master's degree. And I was, I was working in DC before moved to Europe with the goal of transitioning into something in sports. And while I was doing my master's, I met someone else with a similar goal. And so we started to kick around ideas, mainly in basketball, and try to find opportunities where we could make a difference. And one of those was in the use of play-by-play data and building out really a lot of the, the analytics and tools that are available for the NBA don't exist for most other sport or most other leagues. And so we wanted to provide a platform for coaches, for fans, for players, agents, et cetera, to be able to use lineup data on off splits, all of the kind of standard things you see in the NBA and use them in the NCAA and expanding into Europe as well. So based on that, we spent a couple of years really building out this platform making sure that we could develop these metrics and then focusing a lot on making sure that we could actually help coaches or help people scout players better. And so that's been, been the focus on the platform side and really making sure that the data is, is meaningful and not just numbers in a vacuum that don't help anybody. So when did you get started? What year did you start and what year did you officially launch? So we started, well, started the company in 2018 in that we signed a document that said it was a real company. Okay. We didn't really launch until the season, the NCAA season of 1920. So we were able to do a little bit of work that season with the goal of really ramping things up uh, 2020, um, the summer of 2020. So obviously 
events transpired in spring of 2020 that caused things to go haywire. <laughs> uh, so we actually were at, at the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference in March of that year. We were accepted into the startup competition there. And so essentially a week before the world shut down, we were really excited and thought things were, were going in the right direction. But we've been able to, to keep it alive since then. So it's, it was obviously a tough, tough year and a half, but things are starting to pick up. Well, until this last week, it seems like things were moving in the right direction. Right. And we've been able to, to expand and um, so adding some of the European leagues has helped us to, to weather that storm. And also we've started to look at providing larger data to, to data consumers such as NBA teams. And that's, that's been a, a good move for us from a business perspective. So basically you're using the play-by-play information and you're, you're building out a platform of stats based off the play-by-play. What yep. separates this from, let's say a synergy, like the average fan out there knows about synergy. I'm addicted to synergy. I use it all the time. What is the difference for those that don't know? So what we do is we try to provide some context around the the play-based film analysis. So Synergy at its core is the tagging of almost every action with who was the ball handler, who was the recipient of some action, who were the defenders on that action, which is really good for capturing what happens in those specific pick and rolls but it doesn't always provide the larger context around team performance and how players can impact things when they're off the ball, especially on defense is where we found that there's a lot of value to be added because you spend what 75% of the game on defense, not guarding the ball handler. So what you're doing in that time affects your team, but it's not being captured unless you're getting a steal and it's, you know, in the box score and it's not being captured in in synergy or any of the, the video tools because you're not part of some action, but if you're you know, making sure that the, uh, the guy doing a back cut doesn't get open at the basket, or you're you know, helping off someone and making sure that he's on a good dribble drive, that's something that can show up in the aggregate. And so we're trying to capture much with much more fidelity than just like offensive and defensive rating. We wanna know, okay, what is the offensive rebound rate when this player's on the floor? What is the defensive rebound rate? What is the proportion of shots the team is allowing at the rim when this certain big is on the floor versus when they're off? And by using that kind of information, we can get a little bit more fidelity on places they may be able to impact the game and understand beyond just like a single number offensive or defensive rating. Okay, like this player is impacting things, you know, on the rebounding and forcing more turnovers, you know, they're at they need help in terms of rim protection because they're allowing a lot of easy shots at the rim. So being able to parse those things out rather than just being a single number that doesn't have a lot of context is what we're trying to do. And it also works very well with the the film analysis because you need to know specifically how a player operates in different actions, but you also need to know, broadly speaking, what is the offensive rating when this player is on the floor? What is the three point percentage when these two players are playing together? because then that can, can frame the discussion a little bit better than it just being a bunch of like individual plays because it's very hard for a human to keep track of thousands of plays and understand, okay, in those thousand pick and rolls I watched, 
you know, I know exactly what happened in each of those permutations and I can track that those analytics, which is very difficult. But if you have some, some of the Encore data, then you can at least frame these problems and that can capture at a, at a high level some of the, the overall team, team metrics and, and specific impact for that player. I've been able to, to look at the site. I mean, it's just kind of mind-blowing the, the amount of information that is available on pivotanalysis.com and just how it, it shows the impact from like the team aspect on and off the floor. So if you get an opportunity, check it out. When we return, I want to talk to Morgan about how a few of the top prospects that are I mean, the guys that are considered top prospects for the 2022 NBA draft, how they fare out on pivotanalysis.com. Stay tuned. NBA fans, you've been hearing me talk about prize pick for months, but have you signed up yet? If you haven't, now is the perfect time because for a limited time, prize picks has an exclusive no brainer of an offer for all of our users. Each user will get $50 for free if a player in your first prize pick entry scores a single point. But you must, you must use the code NBA. That is right. This is an exclusive offer available to locked on fans who use the promo code NBA. Prize Picks has the best NBA daily fantasy prop game on the market. It offers more NBA props than any other daily fantasy prop operator and offers all of the superstar players as well as the bench players that only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from points, assists, rebounds, threes made, etc. You pick two to five players and an over or under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it is just you versus the projected numbers. So go to prizepicks.com today or go to your app store and download the app. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first prize pick entry scores a single point. That's right. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first prize pick entry scores a single point. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all of the latest episodes. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so you or your family can harness all that brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save, Boost Mobile. Disclaimer, free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere for all of the phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. All right, you're listening to Locked On NBA Draft. I want to thank each and every person for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. My guest today is Morgan Flom from PivotAnalysis.com. So now I'm, I'm going to put you on the hot seat here. So you have this, this great website that has 
these different statistical modules. And the top three players in this year's NBA draft, at least in my opinion, I have them in a tier of their own, are Paolo Bancaro, Chet Holmgren, and Jabari Smith. Where do they rank on your site? Not necessarily saying that you have a big board, but how does your site grade their impact on offense and defense? You can pick which player you want to start with first. So, yeah, like you mentioned, we don't have a pivot big board. Maybe that's something that's coming in the future. Um, but we don't, we don't have a definitive ranking system really either. So we've, we've tried to avoid the single number metric. Not that there's not value in that, but that we want to be able to provide a lot of fidelity in our player analysis and, and not necessarily just be a roll-up because obviously Chet and Paolo and Shabari are different players. And so giving them a, a whatever, a, a adjusted plus minus of 5.5 means something different for each of those players. <clears throat> so I would say that based on how they're performing right now and their potential for an impact in the short term, it's probably Jabari and then Chet and then Paolo. But that's, again, we're dealing with very small samples, so it's hard to, to project these things. But some of the things that, that we tend to prioritize are specific outstanding skills in a certain area where you can impact the game. And so with Jabari, he's an elite shooter who you know, stretches the floor. What is he shooting? Like 45% right now. Yeah. Shoots a ton from three. That's a very easily translatable skill. That's, and he's, he's what, 6'8? So. Yeah, I think he's taller than that. I think I have him at like 6'10. 6'10? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, six ten. So that's as a as a transferable skill into the NBA. That's something that we've identified. Obviously, this is not groundbreaking. There's a lot of value in those players. He also gets a lot of steals, and that's the ability to disrupt passing lanes. Uh, he gets a little bit of blocks. He's not a great block, shot blocker, but he does block a few more shots than Paolo, at least per 100 possessions. So I think that's that combination of, of size and shooting and, and defensive impact does project well in the short term. I, I, so a lot of our work is, at least at this point, it's, it's much more difficult to project the more raw one-and-done player long-term. So like I've watched Paolo. He seems like he'll be very good, very likely the best of those three that's a different discussion than saying which player could have the, the best impact in year one, right. as we've seen time and time again. Um, and then I think Chet, for his specific skill impact right now, it's rim protection. I, I know that there are some of the physical aspects of his game, and I mean, obviously he being 190 pounds mm -hmm. may, may affect that, but the truth is he is incredibly long, he has very good instincts at the rim and the numbers back it up. Like he is one of the best shot blockers in the nation and being seven foot, seven foot one, whatever he is that like, he's not getting any shorter. His, his arms aren't getting shorter in the NBA. So I, I think that is an element that he'll be able to use and he does finish very well at the rim as well. I think he was shooting like 80% as of, as of earlier, as of later last week. Yeah, not sure what the numbers are right now. Let's double check. But he's 
82% right now. Okay. Now, do you feel like your, your platform, does it lean more towards offensive impact or defensive impact? Like if you had to, I mean, and it could be 50-50, but which one do you think your, your platform leans more towards? So I think that it's always in, in a vacuum, it's always easier to analyze offensive impact. So just because of that, that fact, it's our platform is, it's definitely geared in that you can do a better job of analyzing a player's offensive role and offensive impact, because we also capture so many more stats. So on defense, you only have three or four different stats that you're capturing in a box score. And so your ability to, to have a better gauge, like if we had deflections, that would make a big difference. If we had, you know, uh, I don't know, some other, basically we, the stats we picked when they were doing defensive box scores are the ones they picked, but it's not a, a full picture. So if you're missing some of those, those other elements of, of defense, then it becomes a little bit harder. I think that in, in terms of differentiation, our defensive data is a little bit better than maybe some of the other approaches. Because if you're just using box score data, then you are missing things like the opponent rim percentage when Chet is on the floor. And that, that number matters. So right now, opponents shoot 45% at the rim when Chet's on the floor. That's an extremely low number. I think it's very similar to like what they shot last year with Evan Mobley on the floor or a few years ago with Jaron Jackson Jr. I think it was 43% when Jaron was on the floor. It's what opponents shot against Michigan State. So being able to capture that kind of information provides a little bit different picture because otherwise you're just looking at blocks and people can block hunt while allowing tons of, of backside um, you know, open looks and that makes their like block that. numbers look good but they're not a good rim protector. All right. So based off your, your, your platform, it would have Jabari one, Chet two, and Palo number three. I think in terms of if I was picking of those three, the player that has the chance to make the, the most winning impact on a team next year, then yes. How do you weigh between next year and five years down the line? That's, I mean, th these are, these are, these are tough questions. Yeah. Sorry to pick you on the hat. <laughs> yeah. Getting that, getting that right is, is really tough because projecting that, like that level off of a single data set. So how many games have these guys played now? 12 games, 15 games. Like it's, that's, that's tough. Obviously Paolo is an elite mid-range shooter, which, in the, in the NBA is becoming a more valuable skill because it's a differentiating skill now. If you can create your own shot in the mid-range, what, what is Paolo shooting right now? Like 50%, I think we have in mid-range. So a, a pretty impressive rate, 50, yeah, 50% 50 on the nose. Which is... So that's, <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, man, I, I, I haven't seen the numbers this year, but I know last year I was doing a little breakdown, trying to prove to somebody about how inefficient the mid-range shot is. And I want to say last year, just in the NBA alone, there may have only been eight guys that shot over like 45% on mid-range shots on like maybe a hundred 
attempts. And it was like Chris Paul, Paul George, um, very few. And then, and then those were the guards. Some of the guys that shot that well were guys like, I'm thinking like maybe someone like LaMarcus Aldridge, but he wasn't really creating most of those shots. I mean, it was like right. picking pops. And so as far as guys that are able to shoot those type of percentages off the dribble, it's, I mean, it's, it's very slim to, to none. And so he's, he's doing it at a ridiculous rate, which is, you know, one of the reasons why people have been comparing him to, to a young Carmelo Anthony, a, a bigger young Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, I think that's that's a pretty good comparison because he's he looks very smooth in those. He's knocking them down. So there's there's not really in terms of the, his combination of size and that kind of jump shooting, there are not a lot of good comps, at least from the one and done uh, players that I can find. So it's I mean like Stanley Johnson shot forty five percent from mid range. He created a lot of those. I obviously, Stanley Johnson was had a good freshman year and was projected well. Didn't didn't turn out. Hopefully, that's not that's not Paolo's route. Right. But it's it is it's a hard to find those those comparisons because he's just been so efficient from, from that part of the floor. And he also I mean, pretty high usage. He's a good passer. Generates some good some good steals. Like pretty decent defender. So yeah, this is not it's not an anti Paolo. We're not an anti Paolo platform. Yeah. It's just a little bit harder to find that one thing where you can plug him in and he makes the team better. So like with Cade last year, his shooting and passing was clearly like, okay, this guy is elite at that stuff. It's easy to plug that in as opposed to Ant a couple of years ago. Like he obviously had lots of raw skill. It was hard to say, oh, this is the thing he's going to be really good at and he's going to make them better next year. And he, he struggled a lot his rookie year because I don't think any of those specific elements were, were as clearly NBA ready, but obviously the, the raw talent is there. And you know, again, these, what are these, are they all, they're all 19 or under right now. So kids, there's, there's a little bit of time yep. <laughs> for them to, to develop some of these skills. All right. When we return, I want to talk to you about some of the, the prospects that the average person may not have heard of, but based off of your, your platform and the ability to create different statistics, who are some of the guys that stand out to you that are just analytics darlings? So we'll get those names once we return. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? I do. It's a business scam to get you. Do not let greedy corporations pocket your money and download Truebill to take care of all of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On the average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your account and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped them save over $100 million. You're there, right? $100 million. So don't fall for the subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It can save you thousands a year. That is truebill.com slash locked on NBA. All right, I'm back with 
Morgan Flom from pivotanalysis.com. And this is where I really enjoyed the site. I mean, I had a chance to just kind of play around with some of the tools. Um, there's a, a few guys that I found that uh, I'm going to pay close attention to because I was looking for, and this was about a, a week ago, but I was looking for guys averaging like 20 points, 10 rebounds, and five assists. Um, obviously, that's that's a, a tough number to put up. I mean, there's not too many Nikola <laughs> Jokic's around, especially in the college basketball, but I came across a once I narrowed it down a little bit more, cut the assist down to about three a game, I ended up finding the, the guy out of NC State, who is one of my favorite prospects. Um, I'm actually going to do a, a, a web series on him pretty soon. Um, I had planned on doing it last week, but I ended up getting uh, a little sick. And so that kind of throw, throw my progress off. Um, man, his name slips me, slips my mind right now. Seaborn? Seaborn, yes. Isn't it like uh, Deron? I think Deron. I, I like I had it off the top of my tongue, but I, I knew I was about to call him. I knew it was either Darion or Deron. But yes, he has been one of my my sleepers. I had a chance to watch him watch his film based off of pulling the data from your website, and I end up coming across like this guy that is the epitome of positionless. Like he's He's six seven. Sometimes he's playing the point. Sometimes he's playing the four. He was averaging like eleven rebounds per game. I know he had an eighteen rebound game against against Nebraska, but then there's games where he had five or six assists. So I'm looking for a bunch of guys like that that are kind of like outside of the radar. And based off of the some of the players that you know, I mean, this is obviously your website, so you you see the numbers every day. Who else has stood out to you as a, a guy that is like a, a stat stuffer that puts together like these weird combination of statistics? And I mean, I think this is like what separates your site from anyone else is that it allows at least this tool allows me to find these particular guys. Yeah, so I can go in through I mean, there's a few different categories that I like to to mess around with. Some of them are the the weird combination of stats guys. Yeah, so he's like the guys that pick up a lot of blocks and assists or the guys that, you know, are like six, 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 and three and three or something. Yep. And then the other would be the players who may not pop from a box score perspective, but for some reason the team is like plus 15 when they're on the floor and minus 15 when they're off. And so maybe maybe some of that's real. Maybe it's, it's a little bit of, of noise, but – I like to dig in on some of those guys as well to see, all right, what's happening here? Because it's interesting to find those the players that are having that huge uh, team impact. And so that's I want to start with one of those players. So I don't know if he is uh, an NBA prospect in the, in the short term, but Nigel Pack, he's a point guard from Kansas State. And as of yesterday, he had the, the largest uh, luck-adjusted on-off differential from all high major teams. So in other words, I'm, I'm trying to adjust for things like free throw, opponent free throw shooting and opponent three-point shooting. Kansas State is very good when he's on the floor and they struggle when he's on the bench. And he does, he does a lot of everything. So he, I think with him, he does back up, up quite a bit of it with his stats. Where he, before the last game, he was shooting 50, 40, 90 on pretty decent attempts. So shooting more than six threes a game. 
almost three assists a game, three rebounds a game, one and a half steals, 15 points. And so he's a player, he's six feet tall, so maybe a little bit undersized by the NBA standards, but you know, for projecting players that will be good professionals you know, in other leagues as well. He's a player that has been very good this year. He was very good last year and has played a pretty important role on that team. And the, the reliance they have on him is fairly indicative of, of how instrumental he is to winning because he, he really makes, makes that team run uh, primarily on offense, but he's a, a good impact on defense as well. And he, he's only a, a sophomore. And yeah. What I've noticed is that like when I would pull up some of these, I want to call them weird stats. A lot of the guys were seniors. Some of the guys were even like, you know, with, with everything that's going on, six year seniors, yeah. guys that have been around and, and I mean, I guess using their veteran savvy, but for, for him as a six foot sophomore, having this type of impact, I, mean, I think this is the type of information that NBA teams or scouts would be drooling over because I mean, he's not getting a lot of fanfare. I mean, he's putting up the numbers efficiently as, as far as yep. like shooting splits, but he's also having a big impact on games. So, all right, Morgan, thank you so much for, for coming on and taking time out of your, your busy day. I, I really appreciate it. I think my audience will appreciate it, especially for guys that are really into analytics and, and, and numbers. I try to have a fine line between the eye test. I mean, there's this whole anti-analytics crowd, and then there's the crowd that loves analytics. I try to straddle the fence, because I mean, I, I like both, but I, I probably lean a little bit more towards using some of the analytics as far as my draft assessment. So um, having you on is is, is big for me and, and, and just opportunity to to promote this platform you have. Once again, it's Raphael NBA Draft Junkies with my guest Morgan Flom from Pivot Analysis, and we are out. <laughs>